You are listening to Holy Words from Holy Cross, the sermon podcast of Holy Cross Evangelical Lutheran Church in Nazareth, Pennsylvania. We hope you find these words a blessing in your daily walk with God. Please visit us on the web at www.holycrossnazareth.org or in person at 696 Johnson Road, Nazareth, Pennsylvania. Be thou my vision, O Lord of my heart. Don't be all else to me, save that thou art. I have to behave. My granddaughter is right here. <laughs> Let us pray. Almighty God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, Your gospel message for today starts with to those who will hear. Lord, we say, speak, Lord, for your servants are listening. We ask for the power and presence of the Spirit called holy. May the words that are spoken make sense and allow us to understand how we, as your followers, should respond to your word. It is in your precious name, Lord Jesus, that we ask for these things in this way. Amen. Amen. The story of Joseph, as the pastor was sharing with the children, we want to take a closer look at this. There has to be a very important reason that Holy Scripture designates eight chapters to this story. It must be of great importance, would you think not? So we need to go back. Our story is at the end of this piece with Joseph. We have to go back to chapter 37. Because in chapter 37, Joseph is out with his brothers tending the flock. And it clearly says in the opening chapters, opening verses of chapter 37, that Joseph's brothers hated him. It uses the word hated him. Now, Joseph was one of the younger ones, but one of the reasons his brothers hated him is because he was his father's special kid. He was the one that was given a lot of attention. So you know what happens inside of a family. When one child is given more attention than another, then the others seem to be somewhat resentful. So as the story unfolds in Genesis, Joseph is out with his brothers as they're tending the flocks. And he has a dream. And he excitedly shares the dream with his brothers. I had a dream. There were all of these sheaves of grain. But my sheaves of grain that were harvested stood up, and all of your sheaves bowed down on the ground. Well, this infuriated his brothers. Now you're telling us that you're greater than us. Dad thinks you're better. Now you think you're better. And scripture clearly says again, and they hated him even more. Because of this, Joseph, as time passes again, has another dream and he shares it with his brothers and eventually with his dad. 
And he says the dream that he had was, and the sun and the moon and eleven stars all bowed to him. This again did not have a good response by his brothers. Scripture says again, for the third time they hated him even more. And now Jacob, also known as Israel, the father of the twelve tribes, is told the dream. And he calls Joseph into account and says, Really? Your mother and I and her eleven brothers were all going to bow down to you? And he rebuked Joseph. But the difference between Jacob, Israel, was that he held these things close to him because he did not fully understand it. Well, with that, then we can realize what happened when the pastor was talking to the kids. Again, the brothers are out tending the flock. They're in one place, they move to another. Jacob, Israel, sends Joseph out to check on his brothers. When he finally finds them, as they see Joseph coming towards them, the ten brothers say, we're going to kill him. We're gonna, that's enough of him thinking he's better, of him lording these things up. We're going to kill him. And scripture goes on to say that Reuben, the oldest son, the firstborn, he at least tries to intercede and says, well, you know, let's not kill him. Let's throw him down the well. And then Judah also comes somewhat to Joseph's side and says to his brothers, let's not leave them there. Here comes a band of Ishmaelites on their way to Egypt to do some trading. Let's pull them out of the well. We'll sell him to the Ishmaelites and they'll take him into Egypt and he'll be sold into slavery. And that's exactly what happens. When Joseph goes in, he is sold into slavery into Potiphar's house, which is the captain of the guard for the pharaoh. And when he's in that position, God is so blessing upon Joseph that everything he does, his administrative ability is phenomenal. Everything he is in charge of prospers. But an event took place that ended with Joseph being in prison again for the second time falsely accused. And Joseph goes into prison. The warden sees that he is an exceptional, exceptional man and puts him in charge of the entire prison. And again, whatever Joseph does, God is with him and it prospers. Pharaoh is a little bit upset one day with his cupbearer and his baker. And he throws them too into prison where Joseph is. As they're in prison, they both have dreams. Dreams are a big part of this. One, the cupbearer has a dream, and when Joseph tells him what the dream means, he said, in three days, you will go back to Pharaoh. He will restore you to the position of cupbearer, and you again will hand his cup to him. But to the baker who had a dream, Joseph told him what his dream meant. Pharaoh will hang you, and the birds of the air will eat your flesh. 
But Joseph encouraged both of these attendants to Pharaoh. When you get in this position, remember me. Don't leave me in this dungeon. Well, you know how that goes, right? They got restored. One got killed. One got restored. He forgot about them. Until two years passed and the Pharaoh of Egypt had two dreams. And nobody in Egypt, scripture says none of the magicians, nobody, no, nobody could interpret or understand the dream. Then the cupbearer remembered, hey, there's this guy, this Hebrew slave that's in prison. He's pretty smart when it comes to this stuff. And Joseph is called up to Pharaoh. He reminds Pharaoh that he does not have the ability to understand the dream, but God has the power to help that understanding. The first dream was there were seven fat cows coming up out of the Nile River. And after the seven fat cows came up, there were seven gaunty, skinny, scrawny cows that came up. And then the second dream was there were seven robust grains of wheat. And then there were seven grains of wheat that were scorched by the east wind. Joseph was empowered by God to help Pharaoh see and understand. He tells the Pharaoh, this will come true because God showed you twice the same thing. The seven fat cows are seven years of an incredible Robust, full economy. Everything you do in agriculture, everything is going to grow. But it will be followed by seven years of famine. And the seven years of famine will consume everything that was raised in the seven good years. And the same thing with the wheat. Pharaoh immediately took recognition of this and said, we need to institute something to save the country because Joseph had helped him to see that. And Joseph, this young man who was thrown in a well, was pulled out, was sold into slavery, goes into the captain of the guard, ends up in prison, is now in the presence of Pharaoh, and Pharaoh says, you're the guy. You're the guy that I'm going to put in charge of all the storehouses of Egypt. Whatever you say goes. And during those seven years of a robust agricultural environment, the storehouses were filled. And then came the seven years of famine. It was in the second year where our story picks up today. The second year of that famine, all of a sudden the people in Canaan, Joseph's family, they're starving. They go into Egypt, directed by Jacob, Israel, their father. You need to go buy something or we're going to starve. When they come into Joseph's presence, he recognizes them. They don't recognize him. And so the story moves forward. And there are several pieces to this. Or it ends up in a result where Joseph reproves his brothers 
and tests their honesty. He finds them to be people of honesty and integrity again. And Israel, Jacob, and all of his family are brought to Egypt. They go into Egypt numbering 70. They will come out of Egypt in Exodus chapter 12 numbering in the millions. This was God at work using a very difficult situation to bring about an event that changed the course of history all through this story. The reason I bring it to your attention this way is because it helps us, it empowers us, it enables us to see how Joseph was in direct response to what Jesus spoke in the gospel today. For Jesus says, love your enemy. Love your enemy. Well, remember how the story started? All Joseph's brothers hated him. Do good to those who hate you, Jesus says this morning. Do good to those who hate you. And it goes on and on about each piece. Pray for those who mistreat you. If someone slaps you on the right cheek or on a cheek, turn them your other cheek. If someone asks for your cloak, give them your tunic too. Don't withhold anything. If anybody asks you, give to them. If they take something from you, don't demand it back. Joseph reflects every one of these qualities that Jesus is asking you and I to reflect. Can you imagine... This historical event, if Joseph would have responded like the next portion of Scripture, things wouldn't be the way they are. That's how important this message is for you and I. That's how important this story is for us to apply in our own life. This is called the golden rule Jesus is putting forth. Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. The second portion that's in there, Jesus goes on to say, if you love those who love you, what credit is that to you? Even sinners do that. If you do good to only people who do good to you, what credit is that to you? For even sinners do that. And if you lend to people expecting to be paid back in full, what credit is that to you? We look at Joseph's story and we can see that Joseph responded in the way that Christ is encouraging. Had he responded in the latter instead of the former, oh my goodness. But he did not do unto them as they did unto him. He did unto them as he would have them do unto him and the whole family is restored you and I can learn an incredibly valuable lesson from this I've been in the company of a lot of people 
who have struggled in life because the one they were having a problem with, the one that they were having a disagreement with, had passed away. And they didn't have the opportunity that is placed before us today to reach out and say, I'm not going to... Let's not go there. Let's restore our relationship. I can tell you from personal experience that it's powerful. My dad and I were not good friends. We didn't like to be in the same room with each other at one time. But God brought about a reconciliation between he and I. And when he passed, we were best friends. And I'm thankful to that. The encouragement would be to listen to the story of Joseph and realize the importance of not holding things against someone. Do unto others, not as they have done unto you, but as you would have them do unto you. Reciprocate that. Jesus gives us incredible opportunity for us to have restored relationships. And I love the way scripture ends for today. You know, the pastor was talking about on Super Bowl about bags of corn chips. You know, when you get a bag of corn chips, it's like this big, right? And when you open the bag, how much is in it? Like that. <laughs> now, God's not saying that. God's saying, here's how you measure. Push it down. Shake it. Make sure there's no air left in that peace and keep piling on until it spills over that's how we're supposed to measure our response to God Amen Be thou my vision O Lord of my heart Not be all else to me save that thou art Be thou my best thought in the day and the night Sleeping, my presence, my life.